So this presentation is a recording from a roundtable presentation that I gave at ARA 2019 in Toronto. And basically this uh, covers research that we've been doing with the REACH after school program. And this is the first of a sequence of four one year studies back to back to back to back that we've conducted with this research. And um, it's a short 12 minute presentation and just covers a little bit about what we've done with the REACH after school program. So here we go with another episode of uh, Playing with Research in Health and Physical Education. And before we go into this, um, I do have uh, co-authors, Ray Frederick from Queens College and CUNY, Sharon Phillips, uh, Kelly Johnston, who is a literacy expert here as well, and uh, Brianna Meza, who was a master's student who's uh, worked with me at Cal State Fullerton. So here we go. Uh, so this paper is a first of a sequential set of uh, program papers that we've done on the REACH program over the last five years. Um, I'd like to acknowledge Kelly Johnston. She's a back-to-back -back, uh, contributor to our PE SIG. She's in literacy education at Baylor University, uh, and we partnered up in the last uh, few years on the project. And Ray Frederick, who's been on the ground with me uh, from day one in our pilot in 2013. Um, so I want to have a ton of time to talk about the background and intro, but just to give you some highlights, uh, we know that after school programs offer this special uh, alternative space for a safe place to play for youth, uh, and it gives access to physical activity and sports. Uh, this specific project worked with largely an African-American population, and research has found that black adolescents face these systemic issues related to negative stereotypes that lead to marginalization, uh, limiting access to participation in sports and access to after-school opportunities, and often there's no culturally relevant curriculum available. Um, but research clearly points out that black males excel in classrooms and thrive from caring mentorship relation relationships and really benefit academically and physically from after-school programs that take a strengths-based approach, especially with uh, positive youth development. So uh, in 2017, uh, Nick Holt and colleagues uh, did a major review of literature on sports programs that imp implemented positive youth development, uh, which interesting was never designed to be used in sports programs. It was meant for after-school programs like 4-H clubs, but we just kind of adopted it without uh, thinking very far through. Uh, so they developed a grounded theory for PYD through sport um, and as you can see by the model, hopefully, um, it consists of three parts. So PYD climate, PYD uh, outcomes, and life skills focus. So the climate is about empathetic relationships with adults, so coaches, positive interactions with peers, kids to kids, and then supportive parents. The outcomes refers to personal, social, and physical outcomes of these youth sport programs and the life skills focus, so advocating for role modeling, positive behaviors, and having high expectations for behavior and accountability. Um, we've had over five years of research on the REACH program now. Uh, this just got published um, two weeks ago in PESP, so it's available online. Um, but overall, the REACH program focuses on sport, fitness, literacy, and character development. We take a strengths-based approach. Uh, we follow the PYD through sport framework. Um, we figure out how to run programming for free for students and mostly targeted communities have limited access to physical activity in sports and after school settings. Uh, we use a culturally relevant uh, sport. So in Harlem, like where this project took place, it was basketball. 
um, because that's what the students wanted and that's what we're going to do. When we moved to uh, California and we went to a largely Latino immigrant community and I went and observed and soccer is king, we reshifted the focus and rewrote our curriculum and programming to do it around soccer and that has actually led us to bring in dance into our program as well. Um, but we also focus on providing role models, making uh, meaningful connections with students. So let's talk about this specific study here. Um, you can see the research questions written on there. Um, the overall purpose of the, um, of the project and REACH in general was to study after-school programming and develop a curriculum that's evidence-based, provides a safe place for youth to be able to participate in physical activity, and also integrate other academic subjects, um, all while taking a focus on character development. So simply put, a lot of after-school programs have either been all academic and no PA, like homework help after school, or all sports and no academic, or character education, like elite youth sports. So we're just trying to find the middle ground here. Um, we purposefully selected PS 780, pseudonym. Uh, we knew that it was a school that didn't have great academic scores. Only 5% of the students met the state level standards on literacy. And we know that there were kids in that school that loved basketball and they just needed a safe place to be able to play. We had anywhere from five to 20 uh, students in any session, but we had a core group of eight to 10 boys that came in consistently. Uh, we had two coaches, Ray and Risto, um, that's me. Uh, so Ray identifies as African-American, played D1 basketball. He was getting his doctorate at Columbia at the time. So he brought with him a, tr a tremendous amount of social capital into that room. Uh, me, on the other hand, I'm really bad. I was bad at basketball. Um, and so I didn't. I am. And so I didn't align with the boys in race, skill, socioeconomic background. So there are two different looks on this. Uh, we got to interview seven of the boys in addition to the reflection journals that they completed every week uh, and our field notes, those became the data sources. And we had a variety of methods to ensure trustworthiness, credibility. We had insider and outsider as a coder, peer reviewer. Um, and so the results from the interviews, field notes and journal entries gave us three robust themes. And I'm gonna try to fly through uh, these themes, just highlight. Um, and when we looked through the neighborhood the boys lived in and went to school in was often dangerous. So in asking where the boys played out outside of school, we were inundated with stories of fighting, shootings at the park that they played basketball in, and clearly a really well thought out navigation of dangerous situations by the boys. Um, and I was surprised at how much the boys had been in fights. Uh, but it wasn't out of mayhem or something like that. It was a tool to protect themselves and counter this fear of they talked about dying young. Uh, like the quote that was here um, when I asked why the boys felt like they needed to fight. They said, because I don't want to die. So I asked, is that something that you're afraid of, of like shootings? And Ismail replied, yeah, that's what I think I'm afraid of. And the normalcy of gun violence was really shocking to me. The boys knew how to navigate the parks. They left the park when people with guns came, but it often limited the time they were able to spend at the park to play. And the boys were definitely aware of being in the wrong place at the wrong time, but sadly that wrong place was shooting hoops in the, in the neighborhood, uh, playing the sport that they love. So Charles explained, I come back home at six or seven, so nothing happens. I asked what could happen. I said, like, I don't get in a fight. 
when they're shooting, I don't get shot. Or like, say the cops are chasing somebody and they think I'm part of it and that's it. I'll, be, I'll wind up being lost. Um, so this is uh, exactly why we set up Reach, is to give this kind of escape from this, uh, or safe haven from this madness. Um, so we also had these dreams of making it, uh, persisted regardless of the fact that only one of the boys played on a competitive basketball team, and Reach was not a competitive, we didn't play against other programs. Um, and all the other students' experience in basketball was just playing with parks, uh, playing at parks with their friends, um, but they thought of basketball as being a ticket out of their neighborhood. And college was looked at as an avenue to make it to the NBA. So as Derek said, it just kind of depends on how it goes with college. Cause like, I would think it would be, I would do one year because it's basketball. It's not like I'm doing it to go to work. Like, not that I want my master's degree, like for an actual job. I'm doing it for basketball. Try to wake my, make my way into the NBA. And interestingly, basketball is almost like a carrot at the end of the stick in regard to students' uh, behavior. A lot of them talked about changing behavior if it was contingent on getting to our REACH program. And it was a lot about listening and following rules. Like uh, one of the boys said, practicing, staying in school, listening to get that degree because you only have to do, because you only have to go from uh, high school to the NBA anymore. You can't do that. Uh, so you have to do at least one year of college. So the students looked at good behavior and equated that to getting a degree to get to college for one year uh, in order to advance to the NBA. Um, so the boys had role models and it turned out some of them were us um, as coaches. They said that if this NBA thing doesn't work out, then maybe after college, if I don't make it to the NBA, then I'll just be a coach like you guys. I like coaching because you're basically helping other kids so they can be better and make it to the NBA. So the pipe dream still endures. And other boys had young adults. One of the boys had a D1 basketball player that came back during summer breaks and helped him get better. And of course, all of them looked up to NBA stars. But more importantly, the boys started seeing themselves as role models. Uh, they knew the difference between good and bad behavior. And uh, some specifically chose to provide a counter to those who misbehaved and instead chose to show respect to teachers follow the directions that were given to them and not talk back. So one of the quotes says, because I respect my teacher and if I ever get in trouble, I don't talk back and I do what they tell me to do. So the kids can all see better instead of looking at the ones that curse in front of them and the ones that get suspended and do bad things all the time. Um, so the safe place to play contributed to this PYD climate. Um, that the participants experienced. And rather than focusing on their lived experiences of fear, participants connected to the coaches and each other as they engaged in the REACH curriculum. Um, now we argue that the lived experiences of participants really matter for understanding the relationships formed through the PYD program, thus extending this PYD through sport model. Um, our study reinforced the idea that these boys, even though they weren't elite athletes, still harnessed this goal of using sports to make it out, uh, which is a concept that typically has been researched and most, uh, most notably by Lewis Harrison, um, more so in older college student athletes, not kids playing in a non-competitive after-school program. Um, now, Ray was a really great role model for the boys in the program, and we see research that shows that race, ethnic status, class, and gender all play a part and who children choose as role models. 
and they uh, are more at ease of taking words of advice uh, from an adult who has had similar life experiences, which interestingly, Ray didn't necessarily have. His father's an educator. Uh, he grew up, he didn't grow up poor, but the students kind of just assume that uh, for some reason. Um, so we've had some main conclu uh, conclusions here. Uh, first, we bring up this reciprocal relationship between uh, PYD climate, life skills, and outcomes, and extend that this PYD climate idea and extend it to include the experiences and lived experience of these students in the, in the program and how those perceptions then play out. And then we talk about how this idea of making it out is not just a college student athlete thing um, and comes up even with fifth to eighth grade boys in our program. And finally, we show that after school uh, programs following a PYD through sport model can help boys navigate this really confusing urban community and overcome barriers to exercise and play and help develop role models. And I'll just highlight, if you're interested in this PYD uh, through sport model, we had Nick Holt on our podcast. Uh, he talks through this model in about uh, 30 minutes and uh, pulls through a lot of the information that I don't have time to talk about. Thank you. Thank you.